Hello everyone, Zach here from the Carnival of Randomness on behalf of our sponsor, Upsitnik & Associates. In these unprecedented times, we reflect on our future, both in the next few weeks and months, but also the upcoming years and decades, and it's time to prepare for that future. Upsitnik & Associates has been contacted by many healthcare workers, as well as old and new clients, to prepare wills, powers of attorney, and advanced directives, also called a living will. All of you need these documents, so don't say you don't have any assets to speak of, no children or other dependents. Regardless of the circumstances now, you will need a will for today and tomorrow. Al Upsitnik feels so strongly about having wills and other needed documents prepared that Upsitnik and Associates can prepare your will, power of attorney, and living will at no charge, you heard that correct, no charge until the end of 2020. No hidden fees or gimmicks. Al feels so strongly about planning for the future at this time that he is willing to assist you with your future. Trust Opsitnik & Associates, attorneys for 42 years, from the Supreme Court to Alaska and everywhere in between. You can find them online, OpsitniksLaw.com, on Facebook, Opsitnik & Associates, or call them toll-free 1-866-391-3299 to prepare for your future. Hello everybody, Zach here from the Carnival of Randomness, and this is an odd one. As we talk here right now, we are about, what, 20 minutes removed from the Pittsburgh Steelers defeating the Cincinnati Bengals 36-10 to and continuing on their undefeated streak to 9-0. and And I'm joined by fellow Steelers fan, Rye. Hello, Rye, how are you? I'm good. I survived. Yes, and that's the theme of this one. It's you survived another week as football fans. And we're going to focus both as Steeler fans on just that game, but you can look at any team and it all the fans are feeling the same thing, like poor Bills fans coming, you know, that with the crazy ending to the Bills Cardinals game. <laughs> but let's take a look at what we just saw because the Steelers are now, like I said, 9-0 and for the first time in franchise history, but, and this is where I know people are going to look at us funny, if you look at the score, 36-10, to you're going to say, oh, the Steelers blew them out. However, you and I both know that there was quite a few things that we can work on for next week. Yeah. And the biggest problem, what we were talking about before we did this, was you're not going to be able to do what they did with the running game especially against a good team and Cincinnati is just not a good team no so can you imagine that running game what did Connor end up with rushing yard wise uh let me check he 13 carries for 36 yards average 2.8 okay so 13 for 36 that's not good no you know, and I that's mean, against Cincinnati, who has, I think, the 28th-ranked run defense. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those were one-yard runs. Well, exactly. One yard, one yard, one yard, two yards, three yards. But the fact of the matter is you're not going to be able to survive against a good team or into the playoffs with a running game doing that. No, the running game was terrible. It was. Um, what did Snell end up with? Because he came in when they pulled the starters and actually was running the ball well. Uh, three carries for 12 yards. The longest was eight. Okay, so there you go. Three for 12. That's a much better average than the starter. Mm. 
But, you know, so, and I know people are going to just say, oh, it's being negative. Well, let's look at, let's focus on the positives for today. Yeah. The receivers were catching the ball a little more than they were last week against Dallas. Ben, in spite of struggling, he did finish off with, with good stats. His, he finished off with 110 rating. Yeah, and I think he had, what, four touchdowns? Yep. He was spreading the ball around, but the problem is, and this is something you brought up, is you look at their targets versus receptions. So you got guys like, you know, Juju was going, he ended up getting what? Like, nine of 13. Yeah, nine of 13. Ebron, who, well, my feelings about Ebron are what they are. Two was, of six. Yeah, two of six. And they kept, and they keep throwing the balls to these guys. Mm. Just, I know that they're spreading it out because, as we've said before, they don't really have that elite caliber receiver that most, that some other teams do. Yeah, and they're trying to mix it up a little bit so that teams don't just cover Juju. Right, you know, you've got Juju, you've got Claypool. Could they be elite receivers one day? Yes, but they're still so young. They're not there yet. Yeah, I mean, Claypool is a rookie. Juju's in his second year. Mm. It's going to take, what, three, four years for them to really find their footing and really see what they're going to be? Yeah. And the defense looked good. Defense always plays well. Defense pretty much keeps keeps in the game. Well, and that's the problem, and that's why last week it was damn hard to watch because the Steelers could not stay on the field. The offense, rather. The defense is going to get tired. We know that. Yeah. And that's the problem. That's going to be the problem in the long run. If they cannot keep the defense rested, they're going to get buried. Yeah, well, that's what happened last week. Yeah, and what I said to you before was, you know, Joe Burrow, you know, yeah, he won the Heisman Trophy, but he's a rookie quarterback. Yeah. So he was giving up some opportunities, or giving some opportunities back to Pittsburgh when they blew their own. Yeah, well, I mean, they had that one drive where they got the monster. Uh, Cincinnati gave them two 15-yard penalties. Yeah, they were giving them first downs through penalties, (laughs) giving them penalties, but... You you are going to have to earn it because when you go up against a veteran team, yeah, if you go up against a Philip Rivers or a Drew Brees, they're not going to be making the mistakes that a Joe Burrow would because he's so young. Yeah, and they're in. Well, that's the, the. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, that's sort of the frustration. You know, that's sort of the part of the end score not really telling the tale. Yeah, it's 36, but. It was kind of a Herculean task for them to get those 36 points. Right, and how we were talking earlier, it was what? three The three field goals that they got easily could have been touchdowns because the one they were given the ball on a golden opportunity. Yeah. With the uh, the strip of the, of the punt return. Yeah. But they turned, but they did what? Three plays and kicked a field goal. Pretty much. I mean, the first half, yeah. Punt, touchdown, punt, punt, touchdown, punt. Yeah. A lot of punting the ball away. Yeah, and and it's not just the fact that they're punting the ball away, but it's the fact that they're punting the ball away after three plays. Yeah, a lot of them were really fast, like one, uh, three plays, nine yards, one minute, four seconds. Exactly, and if the defense has just come off a long slug-it-out series, a minute's not going to do anything. Yeah. 
they really need to start being able to sustain drives more, which means they have to start converting on the third downs, which means they have to start getting back to the running game. Yeah. And that running game today is just, it was just sad. Well, you know, you and I have talked about it. We both, you know, you love Connor as a person. You love his inspirational story. You know, I'm sure he's a really great guy, but, you know, everybody's sort of had questions about whether he's an NFL level running back. And I just don't, just today certainly didn't show it. Well, and exactly, you know, the kid from every, all accounts, he's a hell of a kid, hell of a good kid. You know, one of the most inspirational stories, he's a Western Pennsylvania boy, grew up in Erie, went to Pitt, stayed with the Steelers. But the fact is, you always did question, is he a starting NFL running back? Yeah, and I just don't think so. I mean, again and again, it was just he could not get beyond one yard. And again, we're talking about the two six-and-one Bengals. Yeah. And you can't pick up more than one yard on, like, eight different tries. Exactly. And you can't blame it all on him. You know, the offensive line was slipping. But at the same time, he's got to be able to make some moves. Well, that's sort of it, right? Isn't that what separates your sort of able... You know, I'm not asking for him to pull away and make a, you know, a 40-yard run. But if you can't pick up more than one yard... Yeah. You know, on eight tries, ten tries, at a certain point you kind of have to take responsibility for that. I agree. And that's that's the biggest problem. Do I see him as like a like maybe a second string running back? Yeah, I think he would be a great break to come in and relieve somebody. Yeah. But the fact remains and this is going back to part of actually what makes the Steelers 9-0 probably the most impressive thing is they don't have that elite caliber in basically anything other than the quarterback. No, like you think about, you know, Le'Veon Bell when he was in his prime and the things that he could do. That's a starting running back. Right. Or you look at, um, you know, who are the, who would you say are the elite running backs right now? Obviously, Derrick Henry. Oh, God. Um, yeah. When Christian McCaffrey is healthy, that guy is one of the best. Yeah. But you don't really, and like I say, I'm not insulting James Conner by any stretch of the imagination. No, you know, but... It is what it is, you know, and it's, you know, it's going to start potentially costing them, you know, touchdowns or possibly even games as you get into the more difficult games and even into the playoffs. Well, exactly. And like I said before, uh, week 10 against the Cincinnati Bengals isn't the AFC championship game against the Indianapolis Colts or against yeah, the Kansas or, City Chiefs. Or even Thanksgiving against the Ravens, you know, imagine exactly. if this you was know, against the, the Ravens, Ravens coming up. In two weeks, uh, they got to play Indianapolis after that. Mm-hmm. So, and, and again, they play Buffalo later on in the season. And as shocked as I am to say this, Buffalo may in fact be the real deal. I think Buffalo's doing great, you know, especially coming from where they came from. Yeah, and all they really added was uh, Stephon Diggs, who had a great career in Minnesota. Yeah came to Buffalo and he's showing why he was so good in Minnesota. He is really, really good. Yeah. You know, so I'm not looking forward to that game. No. And then again, the constant, and this is going back to part of the joys of being a Steelers fan. You know, the you're playing down re- to or playing up to. Yes. The trap games. Oh, trap games. Yeah. The trap games. Last week was a trap game and look what happened. They almost lost. 
This week was a trap game. They managed to pull it out. Yeah, but... this week was a trap game, but with a little difference because... Alawalu was back. Yeah, Alawalu was back. Um, and at the same time, Dallas, even though they're Dallas right now, they still have a little more explosive offensive talent than Cincinnati does. True, true. Because Cincinnati's been without Joe Mixon for a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, he's not... He is what he is, but he can blow up. Yeah. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, I like him as a player. I like him as a person. He's not bad. Mm. But again, it goes back to that elite status versus, you know, capable status, I'll call it. Yeah. You know, exactly. James Conner is more than capable of playing in the NFL, as he's proven. Yeah. But it's just... And and this is the same, it can go with any position. You know, look at all the great backup quarterbacks that people have the utmost respect for. You know, they couldn't yeah. have been a long-time starting quarterback. It takes a special breed. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it's just, if the offense is struggling, which it is in some games, you know, it'd be nice to, to have something else, you know. If Ben is struggling to pass the ball, it would be nice to have some kind of run game that involves more than three yards. Exactly. And now the other teams are looking at what happened today. Like, well, if the run game's not going to get off its feet, we can slide a linebacker over to cover the tight end and take another and take a cornerback and have him focus more on Claypool or on Smith-Schuster. Exactly. And that's why the great teams were the balanced teams. Yeah, you and know, like I feel the Indy Colts back in the Peyton Manning days, they had Peyton Manning throwing to Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne, but they also had Edger and James in the backfield, which meant they had to respect the running game because that guy was pretty good. Well, that's it, you know. Like I feel obviously defense is amazing this year. Yes, this defense um, is one of the best defenses they've had in a long time. Boswell had an ugly game last week, but I think he's, I feel all right with special teams. He's a capable kicker, I j- but the problem is I think he gets in his own head. If he misses one, then everything goes to pot. Oh yeah, he can he can have very wonky games, but you know, I just don't feel that stressed out, whereas offense just sometimes drives me mad. Well, that's, and, and I even joked about it during the game when, um, Cincinnati challenged the incomplete pass and they upheld it. Yeah. And I said, oh, it's okay. They'll get the ball back in three plays. I was right. You were right, yes. You know, the Steelers went three and out and gave them the ball right back. Maybe a minute off the clock. Well, that's the problem. Like, they're not... It's both things, right? Like, offense can't score a touchdown half the time and also can't even just eat off time off the clock. Right, and that... That's the Do biggest... what? At least one? can. Okay, fine. Don't score a touchdown. At least take some time off. Yeah, take five minutes and a couple of commercial breaks. You know? But yeah, you get into the, the ugly slumps where, yeah, they're three and done in one minute. Yeah. And the defense has to come out for five or six minutes. Exactly. And then, and then the offense comes back one. for a minute, maybe a minute and a half, three and out, four, you know, three and out, six and out, or a stupid turnover. Okay. Yep. And there, therein lies the problem because football, everybody forgets because everybody loves the explosive big plays like the Tampa Bay running back going 98 yards for a touchdown or Kyler Murray slinging the ball to, I think it was DeAndre Hopkins that caught that game-winning touchdown. 
believe it was, yep. Yeah, that was a hell of a trade, wasn't it? <laughs> the ghost of Bill O'Brien still will haunt everything. <laughs> he, he definitely is today. And, you know, but everybody likes that, but the, the fact of the matter is that football is won by controlling the ball. Yeah. Because you can only have so many of those explosive plays, because the defense is going to get tired eventually. Yeah, exactly. And if the offense is in a slump where they're only out there for 45 seconds to a minute of game time, that leaves a lot of of potential for bad things to happen. Yeah, exactly. You know, and... And just the play calling on offense was not, didn't feel very good. good. A lot of short dump passes and things. And I know Ben's, you know, he's coming off the elbow surgery, but he's shown that he can sling it. And frankly, those were a lot of times the more successful passes. Yeah, he bombed Deontay Johnson early on in the game. And I think last week it was the longer passes that they had better luck with. Yeah, because everybody was so focused on, you know, looking at him like another old guy quarterback, but he's not. He still has a a really strong arm yeah he can sling it you know 40 yards if he needs to and but there's just again so many of these little tiny dump passes five yards seven yards five yards again right and those are fine if you're if you're able to maintain the control of the football but they weren't you'd be down you know third and 13 and they're you know getting four yards three yards or then reverting to the one yard right connor runs and well that's the thing because if you are averaging three yards a play you're going to constantly get a first down but that's assuming you start at first and ten yeah and if you all of a sudden are ending up second and 12 second and 15 you know third and 15 your play calling is a lot more limited. Yeah. Than third and three. And that was the that was the whole point of saying that they really need to get better at hanging on to the football. It would be nice, you know, because it just it would be nice to feel like they were really controlling the game, you know. Last week they didn't so much win as the Cowboys lost. That's kind of been the theme. That's yeah, it's that's the whole theme of the trap games. You know, today felt obviously they they did put up you know much better numbers, but again, it it just it didn't feel good. Like you you're watching the numbers go up, you're watching the plays, and it doesn't feel like they're really dominating the ball. It's sort of luck. That's yeah, and you know they always say it's better to be lucky than good. Well, luck runs out eventually, so you're going to have to rely on skill. Well, that's it. You know, yeah, trap caves, but you know. Man, it would just be nice to see them play this the kind of football they were playing a few weeks ago where it really felt like things were clicking and they were dominating and, and really just, you know, like they came in with a plan and they executed. Well, that uh, I would probably say like the first game against Cleveland when they just yeah, completely blew them out them in every possible thing. Offense, defense, special teams, game or ball control, turnovers, everything. Yeah. You know, whereas the last few games have just, yeah, just been kind of ugly and confused and disjointed. And that, and I think that's what, uh, I think even some of the announcers were saying that, you know, Ben was missing reads, guys weren't running the right routes, they look, they look confused. Yeah. And a championship caliber team should not be looking confused in week 10. 
Yeah, well, that's sort of it. It's just, you know, I know they're tired. I know they've been going since week five, but these are kind of the, the games you're supposed to be most likely to, to win, you know, and you look at other teams that, you know, that really feel like they're dominating and you just don't see the sort of discombobulation from them. Exactly. You know, the, the Saints, uh, you know, playing the box, they came in and they absolutely dominated, or the Chiefs playing just about everyone. They come in and they play well on every side of the ball. Exactly. And that's why, you know, it's the complete teams that are the scariest. So when the Steelers are on, yeah, you have to watch out. Mm-hmm. But the past two weeks, the Steelers' offense has not been on. They've been playing good enough to win, and the defense has been playing Super Bowl-caliber football. Yeah. I mean, what was it, I think, today? 0 for 13 on third down attempts for Cincinnati. Hmm. Was that what it was? Yeah. yeah, it was. They didn't convert a single one. Yeah, and they were they went, they went had 13 third downs, didn't convert any of them. Just... Mm-hmm. And, and another thing, many times that, you know, I get frustrated is seeing the Steelers take those stupid penalties. Nah, yes. You know, oh, illegal formation, whatever, it's only five yards. Right, but if you keep doing that, that five yards is going to turn a second and one into a second and six. They weren't for them and for, you know, sort of how sometimes emotional these Bengals games get. It wasn't too bad today. They had six for 45 yards. Right. It wasn't as bad as it could have been. And nobody got into fisticuffs, so that's you know. Right for good. for once, there was no there were no punches thrown in a Cincinnati Pittsburgh game. There wasn't any spearing. No spearing. No um, you know, no career threatening injuries. Some people got banged up, but nothing major. You know, but yeah, it's you know, it can be frustrating. And that that's what it is. And that's. Did you ever wonder? if maybe it would be better if you were a fan of a different team? (laughs) No, because I think every team does, you know, has something, right? Every team has a brick wall that they can't get through. Every team has trap games. Yeah. Every team probably has that one guy who's both good and sabotages the team. Oh, I don't know who you could possibly be referring to. (laughs) Well, not just him, but I mean, even other players. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, so I think everybody goes through it. But then if you look at, you know, like Jets fans, I feel bad for because their franchise is so broken. Yes. So broken and there's nothing anybody can do. I, other than basically a complete and utter purge of all management and coaching staff. Basically, yes. You know, because... (laughs) Let us not forget, back in the day, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And Frank Gore has been a, one of the best running backs throughout the entirety of his career. I know, I wanted to hire him away. Yeah, they had talent. Why they still they have win? talent, but they're not using it. Exactly, why can't they win? Well, because Adam Gase yes. is not good. <laughs> because Taco Chaser. Yeah, he's also very strange. And he's really not that great a coach. Oh, God, no. But, Bring back Sexy Rexy! But that, but that's what I mean. Like, would it be better sometimes to be a fan of, like, a middling team? Like, 
you know, like Detroit or Denver this year. Uh, because you go into a game, you may not really have these high expectations, so maybe in that way you're never really truly disappointed? I don't know. I think every team always hopes, right? Like, even Jets fans still hope that eventually they'll they'll win one. Detroit fans still hope that they'll win some. Yeah, Atlanta. <laughs> Good old Atlanta. 28-3. Every game. I Oh, man. But, but then, again, and this is something you and I have talked about in the past, it, there's a lot of pressure to be the last undefeated team. Yeah. Because everybody is going to be giving you everything they have to be that team that ended the streak. Exactly. Everybody wants to knock you off. Yeah, especially if it's a divisional game. Yes. You know? I guarantee you, Cincinnati came in. They wanted to do it. Yep. And I'll guarantee you, Baltimore's going to come in wanting to do it if the Steelers are still undefeated after Jacksonville next week. Hmm. And Baltimore's not Cincinnati. (laughs) Uh, no. No, Baltimore is terrifying. Well, that's it. I'm not feeling good about that game at all. Right now, no. We'll see how this week goes. We'll see what Baltimore can do tonight, because actually, as we're recording this... There's maybe five or so minutes before the kickoff of the Baltimore game. What are the Patriots going to do? Uh, they could fall down and Lamar Jackson could trip and break his ankle. <laughs> I'm not hopeful about that one either. No, absolutely not. Because that magic Patriots is gone. Patriots are terrible now. Yeah, the magic is over. Exactly. The dynasty is dead. I think even Belichick basically admitted that the dynasty was over. You pretty much just have to hope for the turf monster at this point. Eh, pretty much. But Uh, now, actually, let's talk about something real quick that we talked about before, since we brought up the Patriots. Alright. Let's go back a few years to the 18-1 season. Hmm. And you brought up the point that made me really think about it, that did Belichick possibly grind that team too hard to get the perfect season so they were burnt out by the Super Bowl? Well, that's sort of what I started to wonder. And the more I think about it, that very well could be, because they weren't a young team, really. They had some young guys, but predominantly they were a bit older. Yeah. And they were so focused on the 16-0. and So, that posed the question to me. Would you rather have 16-0 and and lose in the AFC Championship? Or would you rather have 13-3 and and win, and win the Super Bowl? 13-3, and obviously. Yeah. So, maybe, I don't know. It, I know there's this mystique of the undefeated season. How it doesn't really happen often. Yeah. You know, basically two times since... We've gone to more stable scheduling. It was the Dolphins in 72, but they did the perfect season. Mm-hmm. What year was it that the Patriots did the 16-0? and Was it 2007, oh, I think? Seven or eight? Yeah. But 
So the 16-0 and season has already been done. Yeah, it was 2007. Okay, and that's when, you know, Eli Patriot Killer Manning came in and said, I don't care if you're 18-0, and you're not going home 19-0. and Yeah. And he was absolutely right. And I think that was the biggest problem is maybe they were. They were just pushing so hard, focused solely on the 16-0 and that they kind of forgot there's three more games to be played. Well, that's it, because obviously once you get the 16-0, and you can't stop then. Yeah. You're locked in. Like, you can't take a break after that. Well, exactly. You'll get you'll get your one-week break for getting the, play, the playoff by. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if you've been grinding out for eight, nine weeks, that one week isn't really going to do a whole lot. Yeah, that week they had, the, or that season they had their bye week in week 10. Yeah. All right, so they had the bye week in week 10, which means they went 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. So they won seven straight games mm-hmm. to get the seven to get the 16 and 0. They took the first week off for the playoff for the bye week. Yeah. And then they came back for the divisional playoffs, obviously won that, won the AFC Championship and got their asses kicked in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So eventually at some point you really got to and I really hope that somebody in the Steelers organization is thinking the same thing. Saying, at some point, when do we sacrifice a game and give the starters some rest for the playoffs? Well, that's it. Like, it's been fun, you know, but they've set the Steelers franchise record now. I mean, they set it last week, I think, with 8-0, and now yeah, they're 9 no, no Steelers team in history had ever started off 8-0. The last time anyone won 7-0 was 1978 when they won... Uh, Super Bowl thirteen against the Cowboys. Yeah, you know, so at this point, you know, I, like, I start to care less. Right. Now it, now it actually is becoming even more stressful because we don't know if the Steelers are going to constantly take it seriously. And what happens if you get a dick team, Cincinnati, I'm kind of looking in your general direction. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to say, well, we might not beat them, but at least we'll take out their quarterback. Well, that's it. It's, you know, but it's also like, uh, obviously, the game against the Ravens still matters. They have to keep everybody in and win that one. Right. Uh, The game against the Bills still kind of matters, because if you can knock them anywhere lower in the playoffs, that would be nice. Exactly. And then you got the Colts, who... They're still in playoff contention. Yeah, Phillip Rivers, you know, is still terrifying. Uh, you know, so if you can knock them down again, that's good. So there's yeah, three. Them to play get... a harder team, you know, like a higher, lower ranked team, in the possibility of them getting knocked out. Uh, and even though the last game is against the Browns, I mean, if the Browns keep winning, you have to play that game because right. you've got to knock them down too. Exactly, you know, because you, that could be the difference between the Browns getting a shot in the playoffs and somebody else getting a shot in the playoffs. You know, so right now it's basically the Jaguars games could be a throwaway, the Washington game could be a throwaway, and maybe the second game against the Bengals could be a throwaway. Well, that's what I was thinking, because if you look at the schedule, it actually weirdly goes in in like a high-low week. You got Jacksonville, then Baltimore. Yeah. And then it's... uh, Washington. Baltimore? Is that Washington? Yep. So it's Washington, then Indianapolis, then... Uh, then, No, then Bills. Oh, that's right, then Buffalo. Then Cincinnati. Yep. Then Colts, then Browns. Yeah, then Indianapolis, and they end it with the Browns in... I can't remember where. Pittsburgh, I can't remember. 
Uh, first energy, so now they're playing okay, in so Ohio. In Cleveland. Yeah. But that's what I mean. So at some point, you really are going to have to sit there and say, what game do we want to start sitting people? And I, I pitched this idea to you about kind of the rotating rest system. Yeah. Because they're going to need it. They've been going strong since week five. I mean, yeah, it's only week 10 now, but think about week 17. That's going to be 12, you know, 12 straight weeks of playing football with people that want to destroy you because you're undefeated. Well, that's it, you know, and some of the guys have been in and out with injuries. You don't want them to be out permanently with injuries. Well, exactly. It was nice to see Derek Watt back on the field. He wasn't used as much as I was hoping, which is partially why the running game wasn't doing very well. Yeah, uh, Aluwalu obviously was huge coming back, but, you know, you don't want him to get hurt again. Right, you don't want him to get hurt again. We're going to need him in the playoffs. It'd be nice to see uh, Hilton come back. Yeah. Um, uh, it was good to see DeCastro back in the lineup. You know, so it's just, yeah, you're, you know, I don't really care if they beat Washington. I don't really care if they beat the Bengals again. I don't really care if, you know. If they beat Jacksonville. No. I do care yeah. that they beat Baltimore because of the rivalry. Yeah, and because it's at home. Right. I do care that they beat Buffalo because that has a lot of playoff implications. Yeah, you know, so those are the games that you can't sit anybody. But yeah, like, I don't care if, if next week the the undefeated thing comes to an end. Yeah, I wouldn't care. You know, it's been fun, uh, but whatever at this point, you know... I don't want to see Ben get, you know, he seemed to be favoring his elbow a little bit today. I don't want him to be out again because yeah, dear Lord, going into the playoffs. The, I saw the play me. that happened. It was when, um, it was when there was the busted snap and he picked up and ran it back to the line of scrimmage. When he came down, he landed hard on his elbow. Yeah. You know, so you and I talked about this. You get 60 to no, and then you go into the playoffs with Mason Rudolph. Oh God. Yeah. Like, at that point, you might as well just forfeit. I'm sorry, but... Yeah, no, no, there's no sorry. The guy's not an NFL-caliber quarterback. It's... Nobody enjoys seeing Mason Rudolph football. No. Nobody at all. You know, so, yeah, at that point, yay, we have a 16-0 season, and we turfed our quarterback. Exactly. Yeah, how how terrible would that be? Yeah, they went 16-0 and and finished the season 16-1. and Exactly. They got blown out the first game of the playoffs because it was Mason Rudolph. Yeah, it was Mason Rudolph and the fact that half the team was basically crippled. Exactly, so... But yeah. now that the guys are starting to come back, we need to make sure that they stay healthy, and that, I think, is going to be the key. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I hope that, you know, the Steelers maybe start accepting that you know they don't have to go for the perfect 16 and 0 or especially the perfect you know 18 and 0 or whatever uh, i think to get the perfect season be 19 and 0 yeah because they extended the season um so. well no because well they extended the they expanded the playoffs but i think it's next year they go to the 17 game season which means uh perfect season would be 20 and 0 yeah you know so it's just yeah it's it is you know whatever but they're going to have to start making those decisions, obviously, quickly, because next week is Jacksonville, one of the last, you know, irrelevant games that they have on schedule. Right, exactly. Not to say that you have that you have the right as a football team to overlook any other football team. Yeah. But it's irrelevant as far as playoff implications can, are concerned. Yeah. 
right now, what is Jacksonville's motivation? Hey, we're sitting here one and eight. Let's go beat the hell out of the nine and O Steelers. Yeah. That's their motivation, and that's some pretty strong motivation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even if the Jaguars then finish the season two and fourteen, they'd be like, Yeah, but one of those two Exactly, you knocked off the undefeated Steelers. Exactly, you took down the 9-0 and Steelers. You know, but uh, whatever, I'm, you know, Week 12 is far more consequential. Yeah, for the playoffs, because lest we not forget, Baltimore is still right there in the playoff hunt. Yep, they're right behind. And if the Steelers start hitting a skid because the defense got exhausted, Baltimore could just right past them. They have that capability. Well, that's it, you know, uh, so you have to sort of be careful, I guess, about what games you maybe drop or whatever, you know. And I wouldn't even say purposely tank them. I would just say start selectively sitting people for at least, you know, a half or two. Well, that's it. Like, maybe Alu doesn't start the next game. Exactly. Or, you know, put them in for the first quarter and then, uh, you know, why don't you come down, have a seat for the second quarter, maybe the first half of the third quarter. Yeah. You know, get a couple more reps in near the end of the game on third down when you know it's a pass rush situation. But Exactly. Getting a guy like him back and then losing him, it's like, you know, poor Carolina. They get Christian McCaffrey back and immediately he gets hurt. Well, that's it, you know, and it does feel like they kind of rushed Aluelo back for this game. I I think so. Um, Because he didn't practice, he couldn't practice at all on Wednesday and then suddenly on Friday, oh yeah, he's back. Yeah, because he, I don't know, it just, it frightens me because he is a much better player than a lot of people want to give him credit for. Yeah, I mean, that's... I think the reason why the Steelers pretty much weren't blown out today is because he was back. I mean, that he wasn't in for the Cowboys, then that's, you know, I think that hurt them a lot. Yeah, and, you know, now Cam's got his playing buddy back. Yeah. And they can just continue to collapse, you know, collapse the offensive line. Exactly. And, like I say, there's not really too many parts of the defense that I look at with concern. No. Not going to lie, I thought for sure that when Devin Bush went down, that was it. That is obviously really unfortunate, you know. Yeah. He was... Because they sort of formed pairs, you know. He and TJ were such a good pair. They were. And they form a bond. They really get to know how each other plays. And then he goes down with a very serious even though at the time it didn't look real serious because of the way he fell. Yeah. But the fact is, it was a season-ending injury. Well, that's it, you know, so he's not even coming back for the playoffs. No, he cannot come back. That's it. Um, Yeah, so that really And then when Robert Spillane comes in, Mm. and I'm thinking to myself, oh, God, who is this poor kid? (laughs) And then that poor kid came out and just started playing some pretty inspired football. Yeah, he's been playing lights out. Yeah, I mean, he's not... He even admits it, he's not the greatest in the pass coverage. Mm-hmm. But he's good. Like I say, his first ever interception and touchdown. Well, that's it. I mean, I couldn't really ask for anything more from a replacement, you no, know? because he's actually doing more 
because yeah. when you look at a replacement like that, you're essentially asking them to not really mess up. Yeah. But in uh, he's not just not messing up. He's playing really well. He's making plays. Well, that's it, you know. So, yeah. You I know, mean... he got a he sacked Burrow tonight. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh he was right there when um Adani caused the fumble on the punt return. Yeah. Him and D uh, I always want to call him DJ to keep with the theme, but Derek Watt was in on that too. Yeah. So he's making plays, and he's doing really good. And then I saw Avery Williamson came in a couple of plays. Yeah, so, you He was know. all smiles. <laughs> Wouldn't you be? Yeah, to go from the 0-9 New York Jets to a possible, you know, to basically a, a legitimate Super Bowl contender in one fell swoop. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> and he's going to come in, and he is going to play some pretty good football, I think, because he's... He, what does he have to lose at this point? Exactly. You know, he was playing good football on a crap team. Now he's going to be playing really good football on a good team. Yeah. And there's always that pride because he's like, hey, I may only get eight games as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah. But I'm going to make the most out of those eight games. Well, that's it. You know, I don't know what his contract was, but I think it was only for the year. Yeah, it might just be to finish out the year with an option for the next year. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's one thing you and I have learned when looking at contracts. It is literally impossible to figure out how many get, how, how much people get paid in an NFL contract. Oh, God, yes. It can't be done. Nope. You need a literal PhD dissertation and... Probably a supercomputer to actually and accurately calculate how much somebody's salary is in the NFL. And a Ouija board? Well, exactly. A Ouija board to contact the ghost of uh, of Tom Landry and, yeah. and Vince Lombardi to ask them. Uh, true, true. But that that's... Now, every team in every sport, their fans after a game are going to have these conversations, wouldn't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And it just so happens that for us it's about the Steelers, but I guarantee yeah. you that somewhere right now in western New York, some Buffalo Bills fans are sitting there dissecting the game, what went wrong, how we could have won, what we got to do next week. I was going to say, unless you're a Chiefs fan, in which case it's easy street. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens when they get into the playoffs. Damnable Mahomes and Reed. Yeah, damnable, really good Patrick Mahomes and yeah, I would say Le'Veon Bell, but he's not going to make a difference. We all know that. No, it's not him. But you know, you and I joked about it that pretty much as immediately as soon as the you know the prior evil empire over in Foxborough was you know dispatched, it was immediately replaced by a new quarterback, uh, you know, coach duo. Yeah, and I guess the thing is, I'm not mad at it because Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, at least as of right now, are a lot less punchable. Oh yeah, I mean, I like Andy Reid. I don't really follow Mahomes that much, but he seems like a nice guy. Uh, he seems, for now, like he's got his head screwed on straight. He's staying humble as best he can, you know. 
It's more just that I don't want another dynasty. Well, there's the problem. Remember how many weeks ago we had our dynasties podcast? Exactly. And how we mistakenly thought that San Francisco would be a dynasty? You Don't you talk bad about Jimmy Jesus. Hey, you know what? We'll see what happens, but I did not see... I will tell you this, and this is something I want to do next week with you, is do a three-quarter season report if you want to. Yeah, hell yeah. And sit there and think about what is happening and did we see it coming? And the chances <laughs> are I did not see the Steelers sitting at 9-0. and no. I did not see the Jets sitting at 0-9. Yeah, I kind of saw that one coming. I mean, I could, I could see it, but I wasn't sitting there going, ah, they're not going to win a damn game. I figured, you know, they'll be like 3-13, and 4-12, scrape by. Yeah. You know, and do just enough to not get the first pick in true Jets fashion. Oh, they'll win their last game just to screw themselves out of it. Uh, somehow they'll they'll go on a hot streak at the end and win win three of their last five. Exactly. And take themselves right out of contention for Herbert or not Herbert. Um, Lawrence. That's it, Trevor Lawrence. What's the point? I don't know. They're just gonna ruin him. Exactly. How many great, potentially great quarterbacks have been ruined by crap teams because they ended up with the first round pick? Yeah. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky. I'm sorry, I Mayfield. I I don't think he's it. No, I don't think so. I mean, and pretty much every single other previous Browns quarterback. Hey, you don't. You do not talk down to Tim Couch. Yeah, exactly. Or Johnny Football. Yeah, God. That guy. Mm-hmm. Well, doing the Heisman Trophy proud, he did. Exactly. He, he won that, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I did. Well, all right. That just shows how much, how little that means. But it actually is, uh, it, it is odd, because as I was watching the game, the announcers were talking about the fact that in the AFC North, three of the four starting quarterbacks in the division have, have won the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, because Ben didn't. Yeah, Ben didn't. I don't think he was even a finalist because he went to no. a much smaller Division One school. Yeah. Um, but Lamar Jackson won the Heisman. Baker Mayfield won the Heisman. Obviously, Joe Burrow won it most recently. Yeah. And the guy, the announcer, I can't remember who the other one was. It was Jonathan Vilma as the color commentator. But I can't remember who was doing play-by-play. That's how little he actually means in the grand scheme of life. (laughs) But he had just got through talking about how Spillane's grandfather won the Heisman Trophy in 1953, I think it was. Mm. Uh, Played a... Or no, actually it would have been before that. A lot... uh, Yeah, a lot before that. Because 53 is when Paul Horning won it. But he, he won the Heisman, played a year for the Steelers as a fullback... Then he joined them, and then he went to the military, got a back, I think a back injury, and his football career came to an end. Ah. And just as he finished telling that story, Robert Spillane, the grandson of a Heisman Trophy winner, goes out and sacks the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. Uh, well, early, early predictions for next week. Uh, I think Jacksonville might... Take it. Against the Steelers, you think? I think so. I think, you know, 
for one, if these problems persist, I think they're not as bad a team as their record shows. Well, and that, and you have to look at what was it uh, with Gilbert. Yeah. You, you know, can't yeah, what was the experience team. that Gilbert had? Nothing? Oh, well, look at what he almost did to the Steelers. Well, that was it, right? You can't, the trap games, you can't take any of these, you know, at face value and just sort of go, ho, 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 ho. It's exactly. A one so, like, let's say the guard, that Minshew can't start. It's going to be Luton again. Yeah. He almost beat Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. Packers he he by hung with the Green points. Bay Packers. Yeah, they eked by with four points. Yeah, the Green Bay Packers barely beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know? That should not have happened. That should have been a 30-point blowout. Exactly. But Green Bay had to play... I think they had to play from behind. Yeah, they were kind of struggling a lot, I think, in that game. Yeah, but just the fact of the matter is, Green Bay was playing from behind against Jacksonville. Well, that's it, you know. So, I don't take any of these games for granted. You can't. You cannot, because... The minute you do is the minute badness happens. You know, and if it happens, it happens at this point, as long as none of our guys get, exactly. you know. As long as that's... nobody gets hurt. That's really all I care about anymore at this point for that game. Yeah, especially the trap games. Yeah. You and know. honestly, it wouldn't be bad for the Steelers to lose to Jacksonville because then they can go into Baltimore on a short week and not have to worry about Baltimore coming at them with the fury of a thousand dying sons to end yeah. to end the ten and O streak. Well, that's it, you know. So yeah, if if it happens, whatever. At this point, yeah, it's like oh, we beat the nine and one Steelers doesn't have the same oomph that we beat the ten and O Steelers does. Exactly. But again, you can't rule anything out. No. But there you go. I feel a little better having got all that off my chest. Yeah. Uh, my jaw did hurt by the end of the game from clenching it. Um, yeah, so we'll have to see what happens next week. Yep, yep. All right. Parting thoughts, parting wisdom. What do you got for football-wise? I'm glad we survived. And that's that's the theme of this all again. You survived another week, sports fans. And I know what you're thinking. Man, yeah, the Steelers are nine and zero. Yeah, the Steelers are nine and zero. But good God, there's a lot more gray hairs in the city of Pittsburgh and in the Steelers <laughs> nation than there were about four hours ago. The new cardiac kids. Oh my God. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers, sponsored by Pepto Bismol. We'll get rid of that ulcer for you. Oh, my hearty heart. <laughs> my poor little hearty heart. Oh. But on that horrifyingly haunting note we're gonna wrap this up here just wanted to get this out the guttural reaction as sports fans for a team that won and yet you're still just kind of eh about it so (laughs) for everybody here at the carnival i am zach rye goodbye what's that goodbye there you go goodbye good luck good night and join us next week and we're probably going to be talking more football hell yeah